Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sally A. from South Jersey and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, July 21st, 2016. And we will resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 83 in the chapter Into Action. We are in the very last paragraph beginning where it says that we are painstaking about this phase of our development We'll be reading two paragraphs ending with, they will always materialize if we work for them. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Cheryl S., for the 12 traditions, Lisa B., and our readers of the text will be Penny C., Rebecca F., and Anita J. The reference number for Wednesday, July 20th is 8930. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Cheryl S. to read the 12 steps for us. Cheryl? Yes, good morning, family. Cheryl S., Recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Good morning, family. Thank you so much. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. Have a wonderful day, and thank you for letting me do service. Oh, thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Cheryl. I will now ask Lisa B. to read the 12 traditions for us. 
Good morning. This is Lisa B. in South Carolina, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service, Sally, and I pass. Thank you, Lisa. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature. Then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 83 in the chapter Into Action in the last paragraph beginning where it says, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, through two paragraphs ending with, they will always materialize if we work for them. The first paragraph is for context only. Please focus your comments on the second paragraph. And I will now ask Penny C. to begin reading. Penny? Good morning. Thank you, Sally. And what a privilege I I have here to read these These promises, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. 
We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. We will always materialize. They will always materialize if we work for them. And yes, I'm Penny C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Boston area, and uh, just feeling so, so much gratitude this morning uh, as I as I read those those promises, whenever I, especially in a in a live face to face group, when I hear those promises read, I instinctively bow my head and put myself in a position of humility, because this is this the, these are truly, truly what I see happening, and it's as if God is speaking to us, saying. This is what's going to happen, I promise you. And and it and it's happened. Not only for me, uh, I see so many people over the years. I I have that that delight in watching other people recover as well. And so these promises are not beyond reason. They they do happen. You know, they're not pie in the sky kinds of of statements. We are we are just so fortunate and blessed, those of us who have found this program and who are um, privy to having these steps transform us into into the people our higher power would have us be. So it's just um I'm just filled up as as I hear people one person in particular at my face-to-face group say, I'm having a gratitude attack. I truly am uh, this morning, especially um, being given this, this honor to read the steps, uh, the read, excuse me, to read, read the promises all the way through in, um, I don't know about where anyone else is, lives, but here in the Northeast, we have just had the most delicious, extravagant weather God has has been um, a, so evident in in everything I see around me, and God is doing for me so much that I could never have done for myself, and it's happening. And so, if it hasn't happened to anyone who's on the line listening, then you know, trust, trust that working the steps, studying, and mainly living and practicing these steps every day is going to have these promises be be um, fulfilled in, in your life. 
And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Penny G. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. Monica. Shannon S. Tina S. Tina S. Monica. I heard you, Monica. <laughs> I just want to tell you, I heard you. Katie, I heard you. Katie G. from Boston. Nessa R. S. Nessa R. Christy. Renee C. Renee C. Okay, guys. Tina S. I'm sorry. I'm, it's you're you're. I'm not hearing everybody. I heard Kim G, Monica T, Tina S, Nessa R, Renee C. Who did I not hear? Chrissy. Chrissy, can you just, let me just hear Chrissy for a moment. Chrissy G? Yes, thanks, Sally. Chrissy, you're going to be up front. I know you were the first person that spoke. Who else? Kim G. Kim G, Fossil, O. Okay, so I've got Kim, Chrissy G, Katie G, Monica T, Tina S, Nessa R, Renee C, Kim G, Vasa O. Anybody else? Shannon Leia M. Leia, okay. Shanna, I heard Shanna and then Leia. Leia M. Shanna, is that right? Shanna? Shannon F, yep. Shannon S. And was there anyone else? Leslie W. Leslie W. Okay, let's go with that. It's quite a list. Chrissy G, you're up first, then Katie G, then Monica T. We'll go with those first. Thank you. Hi, this is Chrissy G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Anorexic from New Jersey. And I I have a sponsee. I'm I'm reading I'm listening to Penny read these promises and they're they're so beautiful and they're so inspiring and I I feel them and and I've I've felt them throughout my recovery and I just I just wanted I just wanted to share you know not not to not to sound discouraging but it's it, it, if we work for them if we work for them but also you know if we continue to work for them it you know our recovery is contingent on our our maintenance of our spiritual development and and development means a continuous action and i just i just want to say that because i i don't i don't want to give newcomers the illusion that you know we've those who who say they're recovered have arrived and it's a destination where you just you you um pull up your your lounge chair and you put your toes in the sand it's not that at all it's not that at all that that that's not what what these promises are about you know, and it's like it says somewhere that we get a glimpse of of what God has in store for us. We get glimpses of it, and and I get I get glimpses of these promises, and I see them come true in my life. And then I have a day where I am full of fear of other people and economic insecurity, but I know, like that's that's the the blessing is that I know that if I work this program. I could get back to center. I could get back to emotional balance, get back to the truth about my life that all is well. And I I know that my fear is my disease, my negative thinking is my disease, and these promises are really truly my authentic my authentic self and what God would have me be and believe. And with that I'll pass. Thank you so much, Chrissy. And Katie G, you're up, then Monica and then Tina S. Hey, Sally, can you hear me? It's Katie G. I got you. I can hear you. 
Awesome. KDG Recovered Anorexic Compulsive Reader and Bulimic from Boston, setting my timer. <clears throat> yeah, I loved what, what the previous speaker said about working, 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 working. And um, so I'm recovered, right, just for today. And um, the situations that used to baffle me. So last night, I get some information about the rehearsal dinner for the wedding. And guess what, guys? It's not according to KDG standards that I didn't even know I had, right? So that used to baffle me, right? Like I used to want to rage and say, that's not going to work. That's not good enough. And I'm having this reaction inside. And the voices, they're pretty loud, right? Like my life is going to somehow be ruined. That negative fun talk, you know, it's, it's really going to be a disaster. And for some reason, having a cash bar isn't going to work for me. I'm an, I'm an alcoholic, but for some reason, it's not okay to ask people to pay for drinks. I can't explain it, okay? And that used to baffle me. So what happened to me last night is although I didn't have a perfect non-reaction, I didn't lash out, I didn't rage, and I knew that God was doing for me what I could not do for myself by not saying anything, by practicing restraint and, and pen, of pen and tongue. Look, I am a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic just for today. I grew up in the suburbs of Boston not knowing that it's okay and, and it's vital to be grateful for having a roof over my head, food in the fridge, money in the bank, clothes on my back, that those are not things that are guaranteed. And guess what else is not guaranteed? Comfort. I am a I am an obsessive comfort seeker. I want to be comfortable. I want this to be get comfortable anonymous. But what this is teaching me slowly if I work for them that when I have a reaction inside it is about me. Hand over heart, the other over my belly. Take a deep breath, invite God in and pause. I am not a pauser. I am a rager, I am a talker, I am a doer. For me to pause and ask God for help is fundamentally so different than, than who I have been. And, and my self-seeking is still in there. But the miracle is, is that I continue one day at a time to follow my sponsor's guidance and the guidance of all of you to work my program to the best of my willingness. And I get the good drug, right? I get to care about you guys more than I care about myself. I get to get on the phone with people and get out of myself. And that is the feeling, right, that that's the joy of my life today. So I'm just going to continue to move forward and trudge, 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 because the things I give to God are better than I can imagine. And it is a privilege to join all of you this morning once again, one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. That was Katie G. Monica T., you're up, and then Tina, and then Nessa R. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater here in Florida. Yeehaw, everybody, yeehaw. Are these extravagant promises, extravagant, unreasonable, extreme, excessive promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And here's my most favorite sentence. They will always materialize if we work for them. They will always materialize, take form, develop, 
come real or actual, if we work for them, they will always, not sometimes, not maybe, not once in a while, always, always. If what? If I work for them. If I do what? If I work the steps in order, one through 12, and here by 9, I'm being told that these things, this change, this change will have been happening to me. Remember those nasty little bedevilments on page 52? That's the way I came into OA. And now, look at this change as a result of doing the works. And it's promised, when I was in, you know, when I was in a dark spot, if I, you know, fell, slipped, or whatever, got back up, this is what always kept me going and working through the steps and working through that inventory that it was promised to me right here in black and white that this change would happen to me too if I did the work. Black and white people, there is the promise. If you, you cannot go through this work and not have a change happen to you. You know, the recovered people said to me, Monica, you do this and this will happen to you. So I believed them. I saw the change in them. And then I read it here in black and white. And I hung on to that. And I did the work. And yeehaw, people, it, it's happening. And with that, I pause. Well, thank you, Monica. Tina S. and then Nessa R. and then Renee C. Tina, it's your turn. Thanks, Sally, for your service. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, I heard some really great shares. So grateful to be on the line. And, you know, uh, originally when I first came to Overeaters Anonymous, that was the traction, these promises that were read on page 83 and 84. You know, they were read in meetings, and, they, and I was in a treatment center many, many years ago, and that was a big focus. People had them uh, take to their big books and all kind of stuff like that. And, and, you know, my experience today is the problem with taking what you want and leaving the rest, you know, I kind of left that last sentence, they will always materialize if you work for them. You know, I kind of left that. So, you know, I didn't have the experience of these uh, for quite a while, you know, and uh, in, in my experience today with, with doing the work, which is pages one one through 83 prior to these promises, you know, I get these things, you know, and, and what a gift, you know, I work for them and I get them. And, and, and what I do is I, is I do what the people that taught me about the big book did, you know, that was the only way I got anything, you know, because my experience was that I came around and sat next to you and thought I was going to get this deal through osmosis. Let me just tell you, it doesn't work. You know, and, and I also love a lot of the stuff that was said, you know, um, extravagant you know these are beyond reasonable things you know and uh, and they will always materialize always every time at all times they will always materialize if I work for them if I do the work you know and and sometimes I'm one that does not want to do the work but today you know the gift of being um, sober abstinent and sane in my life which I pray for every morning when I get up is that you know I get to do this deal and one day at a time be where my feet are and to deal with life on life's terms. I mean, that was always my issue. You know, it wasn't about the food. It wasn't the food. Food was but a symptom. You know, I can take anything and put it in front of my God and, and, and I'll be paralyzed again. So um, with that, I'm just grateful to be on the line and glad you're all here. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Tina S. Nessa R., it's your turn. And then it'll be Renee C. and then Kim G. Nessa R., Hi, good morning, Vision for You. Um, this is Nessa R. Recovered in Toronto. I also want to comment on the phrase, if we work for them. 
which for me means only when I work for them. And this kind of brings me back to about, I don't know, like 13, 14 years ago, I was just, uh, around the time I came into program, my kids were in nursery school, and in one of my kids' classes, there was this, this one mother who was so beautiful. You know, not only she was a nice, uh, pleasant, friendly person, but she was physically beautiful and with a nice figure and, and, and you know, what you can imagine. Oops. And uh, I, uh, one day I, I got the courage to ask her, what do you do? And I was expecting an answer like I normally heard from those kind of people. Oh, it's just it's natural. You know, I don't do anything. I eat like a pig, and I just uh, I'm blessed with a fast metabolism. But that's not what she said. She said, I work very hard for this figure. And I was shocked. I was shocked to hear that. Um, but guess what? I didn't ask any more questions. I didn't say, what kind of work do you do for this figure? Like, how much do you work? What exactly do you do? Give me details. I never, ever followed up because I, I didn't want to do the work. I didn't want to do any work. I wanted a magic pill that would allow me to eat all the cheesecake I wanted and still be thin. And I didn't ask any questions. And guess what? You know, recovery is hard work. It is not for the faint-hearted. But, you know, so is disease. Like, how much work did I do for my disease? To what lengths I went to my disease? I mean, it takes a lot of work to, you know, go, to, go down to a, food, for a, to a food court, you know, multiple times a day, you know, to hide, to uh, plan, you know, to plan binges. How am I going to hide? How am I going to get, you know, driving through multiple drive throughs I mean, it's not only physically, but it's emotionally exhausting. It's hard work. Um, and I think it was Dr. Bob who said, if we only went half the length for our recovery that we went in the pursuit of our disease, we would be okay. And yes, it is hard work, but it is a, it's hard work that really, really pays off in a positive way, not only for me, but for those around me. And the converse is also true. The disease is also hard work, and it makes me miserable. And it makes everybody else around me miserable. So if I'm going to work hard no matter what, you know, what kind of hard work do I want to do? Um, I, I would take this any day um, without any questions. And I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Nessa R. And Renee C., it's your turn. And then Kim G., you're up. And then Vasa O. Renee C. Good morning, visionaries. This is Renee C. calling from outside of Philadelphia, grateful, recovered, food addict, compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? I can. Great. Thank you so much for your service, and thanks for all the wonderful shares this morning. When I first read the promises, I had no idea early in program what this meant or where we would be amazed before we were halfway through. I I just didn't understand and I've been in program many years, and thank you, God, you know, physically the food is down. But I wanted to really focus on and put the word I instead of we or our to make it a little more personal. I've heard other people do that, and I was reading it that way today. My whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economics, insecurity will leave me. I will suddenly realize that God is doing for me what I could not do for myself. And then, as so many people have commented, are these extravagant promises? We think not. They will always materialize if I work for them. 
And that is so true in my life. You know, for today, I am feeling a tremendous amount of gratitude for Vision for You and my fellow visionaries, for my higher power, for my recovery family, for my religious family, for my family family, for everybody, because I got some really good news. Um, My cancer is not gone. It's not in remission but it is responding beautifully to the chemotherapy and it is beyond my wildest dreams for sure because when I first was diagnosed several months ago, I had no clue what this was going to be. And I don't feel well all of the time and I get restless, irritable, and discontent, but this book is like a divine Bible for me. It's not the Bible, but it's divinely inspired, I believe, by Dr. Bob Bill W., and all those who wrote in this book. And I wish everyone a wonderful, abstinent, joyful day in the heat here on the East Coast. And I thank you. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Renee. Renee C. Kim G., you're up. And then Vasa O., and then Shannon S. Kim G.? Good morning, Sally. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. And, oh, you know, I don't often disagree with the big book, but I do disagree with this. It says, are these extravagant promises? We think not. I think they're very extravagant promises. You know, I sat in the rooms of Overeers Anonymous for years being tortured by these promises because they weren't coming true for me. You know, when it says before we're halfway through, my, you know, interpretation was when I came into the rooms and I said, what do I do? They said, we'll go to 90 meetings in 90 days. So I thought halfway through, man, at day 45, I was supposed to start feeling these. You know, I thought that abstinence was going to give me these promises. I thought that that phone calls would give me these promises. And the fact is that these promises come as a result of doing the steps. And abstinence in meetings doesn't treat the spiritual malady. You know, and it says here the other things are being fulfilled among us. You know, I didn't see that, unfortunately, and this is just my experience. What I saw was meetings that were mostly united on the problem. What I saw was, was my fellows, including myself, getting temporary respites and always going back to the food. I heard in the format that we're not a diet and calories club, followed by a whole meeting talking about our, our food plan. So being fulfilled among us. You know, I, I often hear people hear, you know, talk about the magic of a vision for you, and I agree, it's a magical meeting, but there's nothing magical about the format of a vision for you. We're simply an Overeaters Anonymous meeting that studies the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. But what is magical about it is these promises have been fulfilled among many of us. I've never been in a place where people would say recovered and they would talk about these promises not in theory but in actual experience. So when people say, I want to create a vision for you face-to-face meeting in my area, my, my advice is always, well, recover yourself. Help others recover, get together, and that recovery that you guys have is magical. So just to describe that, I always think of page 160, where it says, many a man yet days from his hospital experience has stepped over the threshold of the home into freedom. Many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. He succumbed to the gay crowd inside who laughed at his own misfortunes and understood his. Impressed by those who visited him at the hospital, he capitulated entirely when later in an upper room of his house, he heard the story of some man whose experience closely tallied with his own. The expression on the faces of the women that indefinably something in the eyes of the men, the stimulating and electric atmosphere of this place conspired to let him know that there here 
was haven at last. The very practical approach to his problem, the absence of intolerance of any kind, the informality and genuine democracy, the uncanny understanding which these people had was irresistible. That is what is present among us in Vision for You and in any healthy meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And Vasa O, you're up, and then Shannon S, and then Leah M. Thank you. Good morning, Sally and everyone. Thank you for your service. And I am recovered compulsive reader calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. I had never heard the promises until I went to my first OA meeting. And also being abstinent for a while, being in my disease, you know, I've been abstinent, but I was still in my disease emotionally. And um, even being newly abstinent, I didn't think the promises were possible, but it gave me hope because people that had gone before me, I could hear their growth. I could hear their spirituality. I could hear they were freed from their compulsive overeating. And and I and if they studied the steps and trusted and relying in God and I believed them and I said to myself, I was a workaholic anyways. I said, I'm gonna put the time and energy on my program because the workaholism is gonna kill me, the food is gonna kill me, um, being dependent on other people to fix me or me to fix them is gonna kill me. So I'm so grateful that I found the 12 steps and I have been freed from the food addiction. I've been freed from the anxieties, fears, worries, and I'm just so grateful. And uh, I keep on coming. Um, You know, there's no graduation. I've learned this from the the beginning of my program. The, The more, the longer I stay with the big book, the longer I work the steps. And I have my higher power, which led me to the meetings anyways. And um, I am just so grateful. I'm not leaving. I'm staying here. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. And Shannon S., and then Leah M., and then Leslie Leslie W. Shannon, you're, you're up. Shannon S. Okay, Leah, let's go forward. Shannon, if you, Leah, thanks. Um, thanks so much, Sally. Are these extravagant promises, and they will always materialize if we work for them? I mean, are they extravagant? Extravagant meaning, um, you know, going beyond your expectations, beyond uh, what's deserved, or you know, what's. Uh, justifiable and and yes you know it is it is miraculous it's not magical it requires action but it is miraculous i mean that it enables people of all different kinds all different types of people on this line and in your local city or town uh different backgrounds people who would normally not mix to somehow come together uh and in spite of all the odds experience change like never seen anywhere else. Why? Because individually, we're behind the scenes, uh, you know, we're working these steps, applying these steps. 
individually. You know, most people don't stay here in Overeaters Anonymous, not even on this line. <laughs> most people don't stay here. And it's not because the 12 steps of recovery don't work. It's not because it's still not true that rarely do we see a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. The truth is people like you and me, people who are real compulsive overeaters, do not do the things that are necessary to make this thing work. That is the reality. Can it work? A hundred percent. Will it work? A hundred percent. Your chances of recovery are one hundred percent. But there, there is a uh, a price to pay. There is work to be done. But it is possible. It is possible. You know, I came here because I didn't want to die. I also came here because I did not want to live in the way I once lived because I lived in a way that was absent of any quality of life. I mean, I have this memory of laying flat on the floor with shattered glass around me uh, as I contemplated uh, taking my life. You know, uh, that was, that's a real memory. This disease had tr- stripped me of self-esteem, of self-worth, of dignity, decency, honesty, integrity, a, a desire to live. That all, that all had occurred. But, you know, through the process of the 12 steps, I've been transformed. You know, we, we always celebrate abstinence dates, and that's understandable, but the days I would like to celebrate, I don't know. I would love to be able to tell you the day that my resentment left, the day that my anger and rage to a particular family member left. I'd like to tell you about that. The guilt left. The remorse left. Those are the days I would like to celebrate. I can't tell you because it was not of me. It was taken from me through the process of implementing these very 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. And Leslie W., And then I'm going to jump in here for a moment. Thank you so much. This is Leslie W., a compulsive overeater in Tennessee. And uh, I really love the promises. Um, You know, I've been in program now for, um, I came in shortly after my first son was born, and um, he's almost seven. So, uh, uh, you know, a little over six years now. I have not been abstinent during all of that time. I I wish I could say that, but, you know, for me coming into the program, I, I, I too would echo what another person said on this line. I think it was Kim G that they, these are, these, these were very extravagant promises for me. In fact, I, I really couldn't believe them when I first came into program. Um, I didn't think it was possible to live a life uh, where I would intuitively know how to handle situations um, and I wouldn't be afraid of people. But I can honestly say that today I am really progressing in a lot of these areas. Um, I, I think that for me early on in the program, it was very difficult to do the work. And it still is difficult to do the work. I, I think I came in wanting that, that just like a lot of other people, wanting that fast fix, you know, okay, I'm going to work these steps, and then I'm going to get out, and I'm going to get on with my life, you know, um, but that's not what happened. I, 
I, I tend to, it's like an onion, you know, I tend to keep peeling back those layers. And what I'm finding is real beauty, despite the pain. Um, I do have pain. I do have difficulties. Um, I'm not riding on a cloud every single day. I do have to really work in this program. I, I have to, to take care of myself. I have to fight really, really hard to take care of myself and do, to do the things I know I need to do to stay well. Um, but before program, you know, I can, I can say that my marriage was on the rocks. Um, we were very unstable um, financially. Um, my health wasn't good. Um, I couldn't face any situation, really deal with any situation. I couldn't handle life. I would hide in the food because that was all I knew how to do. Um, but, you know, now, now I'm, I'm really on the road to recovery, and I've made a lot of progress in these areas. And my husband and I are on, on a better level playing field now. I feel like he has a partner now. I feel like he has a person who can face life and deal with life for him so, with him so he doesn't have to drag me. Um, anyway, so I'm so grateful, you know, for my children today. I'm so grateful for my marriage. Um, I'm so grateful to be to be to be enjoying life and living in the moment instead of hiding and being afraid every single day of my life. Thank you, God, and thank you. I pass. Thank you, Leslie W. And I'm going to just jump in here for a moment. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, recovered compulsive overeater, and um, I want to just highlight a few other words that haven't been highlighted. So we heard Monica say, are these extravagant promises, the word extravagant meaning unreasonable, extreme, excessive promises? All right, someone is unmuted. I'm moving around quite a bit. Um, we think not. I just want to look at this word fulfilled. They are being fulfilled, converted into reality. These promises are being converted into reality among us sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And I, too, I heard these promises spoken for 29 years of my life. I heard them spoken three meetings a week for 29 years. Is a lot of times that I heard these sentences spoken, and they did not come true for me, but sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Okay, I guess I am a really slow learner because I just was so fixated and focused on getting that stinking coin and being abstinent and, um, you know, being able to stand up and say, yes, I've got six months, yes, I've got five years, yes, I've got, but what did I have? I had nothing. I was, I was a dry drunk because I did not do the steps and I did, not, I did not understand the importance of living in the steps. It goes on to say they will always materialize if, and that's the last thing I want to say to you is I want to highlight the word if because we saw if at the beginning of what we read this morning on the bottom of page 83, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, that word if is conditional. It's telling us that, that without action, you're not going to have this. That's the condition. That's a warning. Warning. Without this action, you're not going to get this. And we see this if again on 84 in this paragraph. They will always materialize. As Leah said, it's a 100% guarantee. These promises are going to materialize 
if, and that's the condition, if we work for them. That, that means, as, as others have said, as Chrissy G. said and as Kim and others have said this morning, you cannot think that you're going to go through these steps and then you're just going to sort of slither away. I mean, trust me, I have done that. It doesn't work. This is about a new way of living. This is about giving up an old way of living. I, I used to hide in the food, too. I used to hide in the television. I used to hide because I wasn't willing to go to God because I was blocked. And I don't do that anymore. If we are willing to work for them, if we are willing to do what it takes, thanks for letting me share. And I will ask you, are there, are there a few more that want to share? We have time for just one or two more on this paragraph. Reva P. me. This is Shelly from Massachusetts. Okay, let's go with those three. Reva P. Did I hear you, Reva P.? And then yes. Irini, Irini, and then Sherry from Massachusetts. And then we'll go forward. Reva, your turn. And Irini, you're up next. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can, but there is a lot of noise on the line. That's Anybody not is me. unmuted? I know it's not you. <laughs> Um, good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. I love the shares this morning. I wanted to uh, share about my experience with the if and the condition about um, having the promises materialize. The way I used to think and the way I can get caught up in my thinking is I've done the work. I finished my step nine. Now where's my promises? Um, or I've done a step 10 turnaround. I did one on Monday, and yesterday I was full of fear. It's like, what's going on? Am I doing something wrong? Is, is this really working? Um, and they materialize, but they materialize in God's way, in God's time. Um, all I do is the footwork, but I don't control the outcome. So I have to watch my expectations and just keep my nose to the grindstone, keep doing the footwork. And you know, some days like yesterday, I am full of fear. Um, and I'm trudging through the day, doing the next right thing, working um, and praying. But I don't necessarily feel like I'm in paradise and nirvana. And um, I really did have this expectation that once I got to this point in the big book, I was just going to be skipping along the road of happy destiny, not trudging. Um, and I love how this paragraph is like the segue between 9 and 10 because it's giving me a hint that when I finish my step 9, I'm not finished. This is a lifelong process. Um, and as has been said, it's miraculous, but it's not magic. Um, so I just keep doing the work, and God does for me what, he, what I can do for myself, but in his way, in his time, not always according to my wishes and expectations. With that, I pass. Thank you, Reba. And Irini, it's your turn. And Sherry will be up next. Irini? Yes, good morning, Sally. Thank you for your loving service, and good morning, to my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. And um, I usually have to organize my thoughts. 
because my mind um, does not work like yours, but it's not organized this morning, so whatever comes out will come out. Um, These promises, these promises, if, if we work for them, it's about meeting God halfway. It's about me doing what I'm supposed to do and then um, God will deliver it. But it's not only that. It's not just doing the work. It's not just walking these promises, these uh, steps. It's a combination of having faith and literally believing in the depths of my soul that I know that I'm being taken care of. And then I do the work by meeting him halfway, and he delivers. These promises, whose promises are these? They're God's promises because he's taking care of us. He promises to set us free from, from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, from, set free from the bondage of self. He set us free from our illusions of living in our faults. And it's, it's, this book is so divinely written. It's so beautiful. There's so many promises throughout the book, and they hold. It's solid, they're solid, and they hold weight and depth because it comes from God, our creator, who created us. And it's his promises. We just have to meet him halfway with faith and belief, and everything will come true. And it's it's just so divinely written and so beautiful. And I'm just very grateful. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irini. And Sherry, you're up. Hi, this is Sherry from Massachusetts. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Oh, it's I love the promises. They mean so much to me. Um basically because the promises for me for a long time meant a size six, Um, a new motorcycle, a GQ boyfriend out of the magazine, um, a new dress, um, a raise. That's, to me, for 30 years, um, sitting in the halls, I thought those were the promises. And I I couldn't understand, why can't I stay abstinent? I've been in the halls of... OA, AA, I kept the drink and the drug down, but I couldn't keep the donuts down. So I continued to go to where I had the most problem, which was OA, with my food. And I couldn't understand. And people would say, Sherry, you need to get a relationship with God. They're like, well, I have a relationship with God. I get down on my knees in the morning. So I thought that was my relationship with God. After I got those promises, which I thought the promises were, all those material things in my life, I would get them. I always had all that stuff, all the material things and the size six jeans and, okay, now what? Now, now what, God? Is this it? Is this all you got for me? Um, it wasn't until I finally did a thorough step one, went through the steps again, did a, a thorough step one and admitted that I'm powerless over food and my life had become unmanageable. And if I pick up is to die, I never felt that way about food before, but I know that in my heart and my soul today. 
the promises mean a whole different thing. Are they extravagant promises? Well, I thought they weren't, and now I really think they are. Oh, my gosh. They're just, it's just a gift every day. The promises are coming true for me, but they're different promises now. They're, you know, my relationship with God is going forward daily. Um, my relationship with you is going forward daily. Um, I'm helping others. These are the promises for me. Um, and I never, I never thought it. I thought it was all the material things. So the promises to me mean a whole different thing. And I'm very grateful. And I'm, I'm walking, so I'm kind of out of air here. So I'm going to pass. Thank you, Sally, for sharing. Have a great day. Thank you, Sherry. And we've got time for one more share. Anyone with a burning desire? Kathy Joe. Kathy Joe? Yes. Okay, Kathy, go ahead. My name's Kathy Joe. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I really liked what Monica was sharing and emphasizing with um, these will always materialize if we work for them. And I just finished step one. I was in OA for about seven years, left for 22, and came back four and a half years ago, and I was sugar abstinent. I realize now I was white-knuckling. And I am so grateful to be a part of this now, and I feel already it's life-changing for me. I still am a little bit stuck with uh, if we work for them, thinking it has to be perfect. And I actually talked to my sponsor two days ago when I was finishing up the part on We Agnostics, and I told her before I started sharing that I'm so afraid of doing it wrong, and I want to try so hard to do it perfect so that I can have it. And she reminded me it's a simple program. And I'm so grateful for that and excited for that. And I just have to, I love how Monica said, they will materialize if we work for them. And I know I'm working for them. So I'm very excited to have the emotional recovery and the emotional sobriety and um, just to live differently. And I thank all of you for being on the phone with me. It's a miracle I get up this early I'm not a morning person, but I joyfully get out of bed to be a part of this. And um, I feel a lot of support as I move forward. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy Joe, And thank you to everyone who has shared. I would like to invite you, please, to join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. And um, I'm going to now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer and I'm going to ask Rebecca Rebecca F if you would please read for us a vision for you beginning with our book is meant to be suggestive only thank you Sally it's Rebecca F from Connecticut a recovered compulsive overeater our book is meant to be suggestive only we realize we know only a little God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact. For us, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you Until then.